Welcome to the Bread Hour. It's episode four. I'm Finance King. I'm JFL Lee. And we got a banger for you this week. This episode, we're going to talk about what the FOMC did last week. We're going to get into TikTok's testimony. We're going to go over our latest breadwinner. And then we're going to go over entrepreneurship versus a scammer, right? We're going to get over it. Well, Big Lee is going to talk about- I'm going to about, talk about the bird strategy. We're going to talk about the bird strategy. Teach count some bread. We're going to get into relationships and finance. And of course, we always talk about the future in finance. And this week, we're going to talk about what's happening with our social security. And I got some daily bread fresh out the oven for you guys. I can't wait to share it. So stay tuned. Don't move. This is we, the bread aisle. This is the bread aisle. We're finance guys in different spaces, but we live a, we live a life. So like I came up with this name, right? Because like, you know, everybody got podcasts, but I don't want to call this podcast. But that's why we're not going to call it a podcast. Okay. We're just going to call it the bread aisle. The bread eye. Yeah. All right. So explain. All right. So like, you know how everybody has like their brand of bread yeah. that they buy? Yeah. But in order to get that brand of bread, you have to walk down the aisle. Right. Right. So you walk down the bread aisle, it's something for everyone. And that's what this is. But we're also going to, you know, triple entendre, don't even ask me how, right? What do we call money? Money is bread. All right. What does God give us every day when he gives us instructions? We get our daily bread. Okay. Welcome to the bread. <laughs> okay. What's up, Chef Ken? What's going on, Lee? How you feeling this week, man? Man, this week was a good week. This week was a good week. It was a lot going on. Um, we consider this a quiet week, considering the last couple of weeks we've been who uh, real estate. Oh no, it's been super quiet in real estate. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, we just... we um, you know, it's it's always something over here. <laughs> it's I, always yo, something when it comes to the stock market. What's up with the stock market, bro? Please, what's going on, yo? All right, so let's get into our mini market segment. So All right. last week, the FOMC and Jerome Powell stated that they were going to do a 0.25 basis hike, which basically means if you don't know, 0.25%, they're going to increase the interest rate. Some, I about that. Some say that is, you know, is needed. Some say that it's not needed. Some say that it was, uh, you know, he's beating a dead horse. <laughs> Is he now? <laughs> so, I heard a, I heard a pretty interesting take that was basic basically said the reason why he ra- he raised it is because they don't know what they're doing. And Who's they? The FOMC. You don't think the Fed? I think the Fed knows exactly what they should do. So this is this is the reason they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. If they don't do anything, if they didn't do anything, inflation goes out of control. Inflation goes out of control. If they did something, more banks hurt. So 0.25 was already priced in. You think it's the middle, the lesser of two evils? Yeah, I think I think he decided to go with 0.25 because it was already priced into the market. Eighty percent of the market already expected a, a 0.25 rate hike. So I think that's what he went with, uh, just because he had to do something. He could not do zero percent. I just feel like he. You know, there's only two ways to get inflation now, right? Yeah. The government has to stop spending, which we're not going to do because we're supporting a situation. Right. And, or low, or raising interest rates, right? Mm-hmm. And so, unless Congress, which is, that's a political situation. I don't really do the political conversation. So, mm-hmm. unless Congress stops spending money, the Fed really has no other option. Was it? <laughs> Speaking of Congress, uh. <laughs> our uh, not our, but Senator Janet Yellen. I don't like her. I just don't uh, her. I you don't, don't. I don't like Janet. Yellen. So, so 
I think what's important to know about Senator Jenna Yellen is that she was on the Finance Committee. And she was a chairman of the Fed, too. Yeah, so she knows exactly what she's talking about. Like her or not, you know, she knows exactly what she's talking about. So fair. after that's fair. After the speech, after the rate hike, the announcement, you know, he gives a speech. In the speech, he says whatever he wants. But then after the speech, he's a, there's a question and answer in conversation. And the question was asked about uh, the banking situation. And Jerome Powell literally says all deposits are covered. Uh, we have the tools to protect depositors when uh, there's a threat of serious harm to the economy or to or to the financial system and we're prepared to use those tools and i think depositors should assume that their that their deposits are safe janet yellen tweets immediately no it's not that's a lie so who's a liar well judging what happened to the stock market (laughs) i I would say jerome powell lied through his teeth but if the all right so then that makes a very bad situation worse bad for who the people the banks no i don't care about, i never care about the banks i don't think it makes a i mean yeah because they it can induce more bank runs that's what i'm saying and then people are going to start trying to go get their money and there's no money available and that's why some say he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> You walk right into that. I did walk into that. <laughs> but I, I feel like he's, he's, what is he supposed to do? Because look, he raises rates. This is what I mean when I say like, it's, it's weird. It's like unprecedented time. He raises rates, but interest rates drop. Yeah. And that was triggered by a rates jumping, which means mortgage-backed securities jump, which means they were comfortable with dropping the rate a little bit. I mean, they didn't drop a lot, but. Clarify, clarify which rates jump. So he he raises the Fed rate, right? That's the Fed overnight rate. That's the money that the banks get, right? And then that's the money banks lend to each other. Yep. Right. So then mortgage rates take a dip, slight dip, not a big dip, Mm -hmm. but just there's downward movement. And we talked about this last week. Downward movement when you're trying to battle inflation is not Not good. good. So it's like the real victim in all of this is the American people, right? Mm-hmm. Because, look, I always say this. People make money in any market. Those who know how to make money in the market make money in the market. They make money money on the up. They make money on the down. So the people who really get hurt by these types of carelessness mm-hmm. in the financial sector mm-hmm. are the, is the everyday person. Right. It's not really. Um, it's not really like. Yeah, a bank might fail, but as we can see, SVP's what was he, the CAO, CIO? Yeah. He was on the Lehman board. He got another job. Yeah. He got another opportunity to make a bank fail. How, there's how many people get two get two opportunities? You get what I'm saying? Right. So it's just. I feel bad. Like, that. I think that's why, I mean, not to get on my soapbox or anything, but I think that's kind of why we started this thing right here. Because it's like, these conversations are happening and and we're missing them. Yeah. Right? Like, and that takes me to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Is like, did you see 
uh, what's the Bite Dance? What's the, the yeah. CEO of the company that owns TikTok? TikTok? Yep. So we actually watched the you watch uh, the whole testimony, not the whole thing, but we watched pretty probably like three hours of they the testimony. Oh, they grilled him bad, grilled him bad. I almost felt sorry. Oh no, I didn't feel bad for him. Like he's not. But but you had to know coming into a foreign country, sitting he's in front of fifty <laughs> Congress people, like you up there dolo. I respect yourself. I respect the courage, but come on, man. So 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 give me your take on it. What you think about it? I was never like the biggest fan of TikTok, mm-hmm. right? Just because it was a foreign like entity yeah. that took our data. Yeah. And you and we talked about this on the first episode. Data is, is gold. gold today. Mm-hmm. So But they're not just Taking any type of data, bro. They're taking our personal data. They're taking everything. Everything. If you have TikTok, I don't even have TikTok on my phone. I deleted it. So if you have TikTok on your phone, they have access to. They have. They not only have access to your phone, they have access to any device that is on in your network. So if if we both have Apple people, we you got a MacBook. Mm -hmm. I got an iPad. If we put TikTok on our phone, they get they get access to your MacBook. They get access to my, my iPad. I'm not with that. Yeah, the cameras. The audio. The unfortunate thing is, it's the people that it's going to affect the content creator community Mm -hmm. drastically. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these American companies are using TikTok as a marketing tool. Yes, they are. And so it's like, how does that affect the content creator industry, right? How does that affect advertising? Are are we going back to TV ads or? So one of the things that as an entrepreneur, one of the things that I will say is you should never be relying on, you know, that one platform. I agree. Now, as a chef, of course, I made a lot of my money off of Instagram. And when they switched the algo on you? Did I look? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it affect me because I got the Instagram late. So, okay. so I'm not, I'm not really sure. But what I do know is I always had the wherewithal to get on Instagram, get the people, but then bring them to my own platform. Even when we started the restaurants, we used Grubhub yeah. and DoorDash, and yeah. it was like, that's going to be the platform to get them, but I have to find a way to get their own data. So we, we put in programs and loyalty programs and stuff like that to get the data so that we don't have to go back and pay DoorDash and- For to market you. To market. Yeah. I can go straight to the consumer. That's and so Ryan Leslie play. Yeah. And so one one of these, the biggest thing that I think people should be doing, if they're not entrepreneurs, if they're big on TikTok or Instagram or anywhere else, if you're not building up a email list or a phone contact list or something where you can target these people directly and not through social media, you'll always be at the, the, the hand of, the, of, of the, the person who feeds you. Right? I agree with so, that. Yeah, do I feel sorry for him? Yes. You know, is it going to hurt? Yeah, but not really. Like, there's always going to be another social media. You know, there's always going to be um, another opportunity to I make, to make days, business. Man. I'm, I miss, I miss like the MySpace days. Like, it's, things are just simple. Man, you know, we were learning how to code. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish I knew what I knew now with MySpace. Oh my like, God. Oh, Can you imagine what MySpace would be in man. today's? What? MySpace would really be the best. What? 
Because it was like WordPress, right? It was Soldier Boy really came up off of MySpace. Yeah. Mike Jones. The, Mike Jones is a direct di- direct to consumer marketing genius. Yo, that genius. Saying your number on the record, text me, call me. Yeah. I, you ever I, called a number? I, I, did I ever call a number? Come on. I man. know the number to this hey, day. Eight zero zero four. Hey Mike Jones, I'm on low. I I don't know who did the play first, if it was Soldier Boy or um or Mike Jones, but kiss me through the phone. Soldier Boy said a number as well. And Soldier Boy's number was tied to like a, a advertising platform. It wasn't really his number. Soldier Boy just, is really a so, certified. Yeah. So the more people he put on that list, the advertising company paid him. him more. Oh wow! So he made a lot of money off of that. I just feel like like TikTok. I don't. I think we jumped on it blindly oh, yeah. as a just as a country, right? Yeah. Just jumped into it. Was it. A wave. And then we never really took the time to think, what, what is this? this? <laughs> right? And now everyone's, it might actually be too late. They might have got everything that they need. I think it's too late, to be honest. And if we want to go down this political conversation I don't, path. I don't. <laughs> but but... I, yeah, I think it's too late. And the reason why I think it's too late is because even if they kick TikTok out of the country. They already have the data. They have, they have enough data to develop already, patterns. Yeah, they already to, have the data. To, to see everything. Do you but think anyway, social media is there? Hell no. Social media is where the money is at. Do kids still go out and play? No. Social media. But if they ban TikTok, there will be a new social media to take its place. Whoever catches that. YouTube Shorts. Then YouTube gets it. YouTube is the fastest growing still? Uh, social piece right now. Okay. And don't let them come up with something else. Who knows? I'm curious. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I'm not to get too political, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely down for X and TikTok. Like, I'm just, I don't think it's good for us. Yeah. I did like uh, fan base, though. Yeah, fan base. Oh, I'm glad you do that. First of all, fan base, black owned. Black owned, Isaac, Isaac Hayes. Hayes. Yeah, yeah, Isaac Hayes. Yeah, Isaac Hayes uh, created fan base. I do like fan base. There is no algorithm on there. He, you know, he takes pride in that. Um, I just is it isn't as fluid yet. It's but, still, but it's still, relatively, you know, it's still, yeah, it's, it's a baby. Now that I think about it, black people built social media, except, except for Facebook. But yeah, uh, Facebook was Ivy League, and it popped. You're right. Off. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right, you're right. <laughs> and if you remember. You had to have a college email. Oh, was the first and we was in high school. First thing I <laughs> well, did. We knew when I got anybody. My email. We knew any. You didn't get. I, I got one in high school. I, uh, you I took somebody's. Out, I figured out how to get a, a, a Del, Delaware Tech Community College. Oh, man. I remember. <laughs> I remember sitting in Kitty's house trying to figure out. Watching them create Facebooks. And I'm like, what is this? I'm still MySpace in it, yeah. right? And they're like, this is Facebook. You got to be in college. So here I am. The Facebook low, low. was lit back then. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember that. Oh man, wow, you took it back. But I remember like these companies. I just remember like at the speed of which things are happening now mm-hmm. is just like it's absurd almost. It, yeah. it, things don't get a chance to really develop anymore. Like it comes, it goes viral, it gets white hot, mm-hmm. and then it 
disappears. Like Clubhouse. I can't. Clubhouse was it. Clubhouse was it during the pandemic. So like you look at like like Instagram when it was before Facebook bought it. Mm -hmm. It was about pictures and sharing and it didn't become the newspaper. And and Facebook went from being a I mean, Instagram went from being a photo album Mm -hmm. to the newspaper Mm -hmm. to the classifieds. Well, you know what that was is you know Zuck be zucking. You got to keep up with. You got to keep, keep up, up with Google. This. That's really what it is. You got to keep up with Google. Yeah, man. But nevertheless, I mean, look, we get that. That's a yeah. I could go down. I could talk for about days. the social media thing for days. For days. I hear you got a. I, you texted me earlier this week talking about yo. I got a certified bread stacker this week. A certified bread stacker. I'm so happy. I want to hear what I'm, made you say this person. I'm so happy to talk about this. This the newest. Certified bread stacker. Uh, can we put a can we <coughs> can we put a round of applause together for my man Shady McCoy? Let's clap it up for Shady. Let's clap it up for Shady. Lashawn McCoy uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles. For the record, I do think between you and D Jack, you are the most beloved Eagle. That's just for the record. But. Um, let's talk about what you do off the field nowadays and why you are the most certified bread stacker of this week. Not only did you do one deal in a week, but two deals you did for apartment projects. Uh, one of them in his beloved neighborhood where he talks about the lots that he used to play in or, or walk around in his neighborhood when he was growing up. He had the opportunity uh, through his company, Vice Capital, to buy these lots and now he's building uh an affordable housing projects uh mm. 41 units and then he announces later in the week that he's going to do another project which is 50 units so and in the span of one week he announced 91 unit two projects man let's give it up for right. shady mccoy i'm gonna throw something else on top of that that's up to my guy uh lamont Shady's one of his investors. My guy Lamont is starting a video game, um, video football game to compete with Madden. Is it and virtual? It's virtual, virtual, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, and Shady, Shady's his title investor, Shady and David Tyree. Hey, Shady, man, listen, big Eagles fan, finance team is a big Eagles fan, <laughs> lifer, right? But we would love to have you on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, kick it, talk finance, you know, and talk about how you maneuver through these plays, talk about how you put together vice capital and different things like that. So I just wanted to say that and big ups for being the bread stacker of the week. Shouts out to Shady McCoy. Yes, sir. The irony about you picking this topic, we hadn't even talked yet, uh-huh. but I was talking to my little brother, right? Yeah. And he, we, we were just talking about, you know, my little, you know, we talked about yeah. Brother, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but <laughs> I was talking to my little brother, he was talking about how these multi-level marketing joints mm-hmm. be coming and going, right? Mm-hmm. And so then when I, you know, when we had our production meeting and he was like, yeah, entrepreneurship versus the scammer. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a great topic, right? And How then do I you ended up writing it? And then you ended up writing it. And wow. I was like, oh, look at like, the universe. Look at the universe, right? But this is an important topic. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. So when I was thinking about it, I wasn't thinking about it from that perspective, but I do love that perspective. We can dive into that as well. Uh, but I had a totally different perspective. And my perspective was an entrepreneur who may think that they're legit or you know have a product or a service, but is really 
scamming and they don't know it. Oh. So that's what I would that's what wow. I talking about. Yeah. So whichever one you want to go first, we could we could do that. Um I love to get into both conversations. So let's do it. I'm gonna throw one more in there. Okay. What about when you pay for the instruction? Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. And <laughs> not again. And and it ain't that. Like you done you done spent that money up front and mm-hmm. you made that investment in yourself and it's wrong, right? So mm-hmm. we can go through the whole all three the whole thread, right? Okay. So I'm a, let's start with this entrepreneurship versus scammer thing. I'm sensitive to that though. Why? Because nobody taught us. Yeah. Right? So we had to go through that yeah. pain, the pain points, right? Mm-hmm. But if somebody would have called us a scammer in those moments, mm-hmm. we would have been highly offended. Well, that's the that's the you know that's the clickbait of the word. So so no, I get it, but yeah, let's. So if you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. Well, I was an entrepreneur. You are an I'm entrepreneur. Still an entrepreneur at heart. So I'll use myself as an example. I won't talk about anybody else. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a chef, right? I own a catering company. The reason why I say entrepreneurship versus scamming has to do with money management. So if I have a catering company and I get an event and that event, you know, pays me, whatever, I'm supposed to take the money. First of all, it's important to charge what the the company expenses, not just what you're worth. So real companies don't charge what the owners work. They charge for company expenses mm-hmm. and costs and stuff like that. So let's start there. That's the first thing. If you're not doing that, you're operating wrong. Secondly, what you do with that money once you get it, you're supposed to take care of the things, the expenses that come with that event or also take portions out or percentages out and put it you know, wherever the designated places are. What a lot of people do, and I have done myself, so that's why I can speak on it, but I realize that it's not wrong and it's a Ponzi scheme. What you do, or what I have done, is that they pay me that money and I use that money for something. That what didn't have to do with? That didn't have to do with that event. But do you get the event off? That's the thing. Now... I need to get another event to pay for this yes, event. Yes, I, I understand what you're saying. Yes. Is that scamming or is that poor management? It's a Ponzi scheme. Is it scamming or is it poor management? It's a Ponzi scheme. Because I feel like when you say Ponzi scheme, if your intention isn't to defraud anyone, you're not running a Ponzi scheme. You're not, but not, not all Ponzi schemes start out with bad intentions. True. Just like the CEO who runs a fund and has legitimate intentions of growing a fund and then his mother gets cancer. And now he has to pay expenses. So maybe he either pulls from the fund or maybe he raises funds and say, oh, I can put it back. But if he makes a play that replenishes all that, did he run the Ponzi scheme? I'm just playing advocate. Yeah, because 
one, it's still illegal either way. You, either way you go, I agree. On level, on that, on that level, if if we want to talk business regarding small business fund, whatever, if you want to just on flat level, it's embezzlement. What I used to do was embezzlement. Oh yes, I'm taking the money. 100% I'm not embezzlement. using it for a business. I'm using it for myself and some other capacity. That's embezzlement. Yes, and in I order agree. to replace that expense, I either come out of pocket, which is another form of embezzlement, putting funds into a company secretly. That's another form of embezzlement. Or I have to get another event that could pay for. Hopefully, that event pays for the cost of this event and the the event is supposed to pay for. Because if not, now I have to get another event. Now you have two events to pay, <laughs> to pay for. Oh, it's and a slippery that's slope. Why I believe I, I agree. You're going down a Ponzi scheme road. So, so how do you avoid it? You do the right thing, man. But that's easier. Right that's easier said than done, bro. It is. You, you and We've I know been that. There. I've been there. You, you and I know that. It's I've been there. But when you, when you're in that position, and when you go back and look at um, what you use the money for. You always say, well, I always say. I shouldn't have done that. I, I didn't need to do it. I've done that. Yes, I agree Now, maybe I'm in a, a worse situation because now I have to find someone. I have to find money to yes. do this. Or um, I'm coming out of pocket off money that I may really, really need legitimately, at point, yeah, Legitimately, yeah. And now I have yeah. to give it up because I got to cover my responsibilities. Whereas if you would have did this event, me, my bad. If I would have did this event, dealt with the consequences over here, at least the business wouldn't have been affected at all. I agree. So that's why I think it's just a slippery slope going down a Ponzi scheme. And I use these words specifically because I know that they're trigger words for entrepreneurs. Yeah, because if you accuse me and black of, entrepreneurs, because you know scammers. Yeah, so. like you know that's I. But it's what you're doing, so let's be honest. I, I don't disagree with your <laughs> premise. Actually, I don't disagree with anything that yeah. you're saying. But how does how does an entrepreneur outside of do the right thing, like in action? Mm -hmm. How do you avoid? Well, okay, getting so on that, that going down that path. Going down that path. So is 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 glad you asked. There's multiple ways you can go. You can, you can set your company up so that the structure on paper is known that you are funding your company, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's not embezzlement. So you're funding your company, and when it's time, your company will pay you back. You can do that. Yes, you can. You can raise capital so that you don't need to need to do anything like this. Yeah. I think those are the only two ways. Or you just do what you 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 do. I have the most of the right one. thing and not involve your personal stuff. I think, but again, when you're like, if you're a sole prop, right? That's hard to not involve your. Well, sole props are sole props are a little different in this scenario. Yeah, like I mean, I'm just like there's just there's scenarios where you're like you're not really a you're a company, but you're you're you're. You're acknowledging you're acknowledging that you work to make money. This is a great conversation for Mo. We should do a we should do a um a tax topic yeah, on this. Yeah, we should do it. I think we should. Yeah, it's a great combo for Mo. Yeah, I, I think we should. 
because I think that is more about documentation and organization than anything else. Mm-hmm. I also believe professionals hire professionals. So if if management and organization like me, I have mm-hmm. I have a bunch of virtual assistants with that. I use QuickBooks. I have people that look over my books, and I have right. partners that are in place specifically. Checks and balances. Checks and balances, right? So you can't pull money. I can't even touch it. (laughs) Exactly. So, but someone who's not in that situation. But I've been on the, I put those things in place because of what you're saying. We had to go through those growth pains of mismanaging what we're supposed to be doing. Right. So, so, so let me ask you this. If you can compare your situation, if you could compare your company structure now versus your company structure back then at that time that oh. you talked about and compare it to the efficiency in which your company operates, which is better? Um, so I had to do like a, it wasn't about efficiency. It was like an ego check. Okay. It was like a, um, yo, you, you can't do it all. Yeah. Right, like you have to relinquish part. If you want to reach the scale that you want to reach, you have to relinquish parts of the entity intimately, like in the fabric of it. Mm-hmm. Right, like you know when you have when you start a business, your baby, you don't yeah, want to, yeah. you don't want to let nobody in. And so that was hard for me. Okay. And then when I finally got partners, I felt were confident. Right, that was a big thing for me. Is like, mm-hmm. can I trust your vision over mine? Like. I don't, especially if I don't think you're like smarter than me. I know that's right. like super arrogant, but I put in the mental work into what I do. So it's like what Kobe said, like what pass you the ball for what? You ain't right. in the gym like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I had to meet people who were in the gym like me. Right. And when I got there, then I felt comfortable going, oh, all right, I can just focus on this aspect of it because I know that you're a professional and mm-hmm. what you do. And then I have other partners who are professional. So it it's not about efficiency, it's, it was about trust. Okay. It was about having partners that I trusted. Okay. Because trusting the wrong partners also cost me. I mean, we were roommates yeah. when like it cost you a lot. Cost me a lot. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it I was a little sensitive to that bringing letting people come in yeah. and but I eventually got to a space where I was like, all right, checks and balances have to be there. Absolute power causes absolute corruption. In right. every capacity. Right. So you have to have somebody to tap you on your shoulder, like, yo, fam, you're you're wildin'. Like, you're yeah. Like, yeah. And it has to be somebody with that cachet or you have that respect for that no matter what you're gonna listen to. You're gonna listen to what they say. So that was great advice to the entrepreneur who is, you know, living like a scammer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, be careful, man. I've been there. I've definitely been there. Now let's talk about these multi level. Yo, what's the last? You ain't heard. We ain't heard nothing. Nothing. MLM. MLM. What what's the last MLM you heard about? I can't think of one. Can't really. I can't really. Think Forex of is one. the last one. The yeah, uh, probably what's, Forex. What's that company? That probably, Forex. Company? Probably Forex. I M I L M. I M L. I M L. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the last company that I heard of. But what happened? I think uh, for us, our culture. We kind of like just kick MLMs out, but I, I do think they still exist. I mean, there's some there's, there's legacy MLMs, yeah, like but, yeah, um, like uh, 
like we, we were supposed to talk about uh what's the legal 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 shield or legal uh, shield yeah, yeah yeah legal legal shield is still an MLM they, but but they, they completely they, switched their they, business yeah, model I love the way I love their business oh, model man, it's now amazing. it's way better now it's amazing yeah but remember we used to go get those prepaid legal presentations in yep. college or world yep. ventures or yep. who was the you should be here people is that uh, world, ventures? world ventures world ventures yeah 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 Hey, shouts out to the homies. <laughs> they made a killing in World Ventures. Yes, y'all did. And yes, shouts, y'all did. Shouts out to the homies. They MLM, made a, MLM goats. Yeah, they, right? they made a killing. But, but I think I think one of the, the real reasons why they died out is just because I don't want to go back to this word. So I'm going I'm to try to use a different no, word. No, no, no. That is a different word. Okay. Word. All right. So I think the people, yeah, it, it's become a little Ponzi schemish, you know, where it's it's not about the product. It's about just getting people in, getting people in, getting people in. Where essentially it should always have always have been about the product. Yeah. And if you want to build a team, you can build a team, but don't build a team and not really push the product. I'm not gonna big this particular company up, but I was with a company that had a version of an MLM structure. Mm-hmm. But I will always give them this credit. Mm-hmm. Their product was still the focus. Yeah, right. It, the way they structured how you issued the product, I didn't always get with, but the product was still the focus. And they're probably the largest and best MLM. I got a question for you. I respect their. I respect that company. They um, have good products, bro. They have the most six figure earners of any company. In- Fortune five or right. anything in the country. So I, re- I respect that. And also, just just so y'all clear, the real MLMs, these MLMs make money. Oh no, like they're they real. Make, they make, no, no, they make the companies make money. They like, make a kill. Look up the Orlando Magic and see who owns Amway. and see yeah. who owns the, the arena. That's an MLM. So they they make money. So we're not we're not disputing that or or talking about that. But going back to um and in some of them the people make money. There's yeah, some, oh, there's definitely. Some, there's some million MLM millionaires. So I, I will pro- I will propose to you this question. I'll use Chick-fil-A. Hmm. Can Chick-fil-A be considered a MLM? And and in a way, in a way, McDonald's can too. They have the best business models, per se. Well, McDonald's isn't a food company. Yeah, but still, even like, but look how they give it up, though. They buy the land, give you, lease you the land, mm-hmm. build the structure for you, mm-hmm. teach you how to run the business, and then charge you a franchise fee to run the business that they taught Talk you to how to run. It's amazing. They're printing money. And all they have to do is buy the land. Vertically integrated. Bro. That's all you gotta do is buy land, and the rest is controlled by McDonald's. That's what we call vertical integration. Did you ever know. sell Cutco? Nah. Did you they ever? Were bad and I. Did I sold vacuums though? Did you ever sell? Um... <laughs> you laughing at the vacuums? No. Did you ever sell? <laughs> what? No, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm keep, I keep wanting to say pause, but. You ever sell the meats? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you wild. You wild. Bro. You wild. No bull. You never seen the Capitol meat trucks? 
Nah, never sold meat, bro. Bro, never sold. They make a killing. I know. They make a kid. The, the guys on the butcher boxes. Yeah, I know. make a killing. I never did it. Uh, what was it? I think the wildest thing that I sold. I sold. Um, I sold like windows. Sold, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> when did you sell windows? Yeah, this is like high school. I sold windows. I sold uh, vacuums. I never did cut cone knives because I I just knew they were bad. Um, coming from you know my industry, uh, what else did I sell? Man, it was a lot. I remember one time I I just got my car. I'm like 16 years old. I got this older dude that I'm working with. He gets in my car, which I thought was weird. Like, why am I not getting in your car? He's like, Yeah, we're going to Baltimore. And I'm like, What? He's like, Yeah, we're gonna find a new region and go to Baltimore. So me at 16 drive all the way to Baltimore so windows. And to go end up going to DC. I remember parking by the monument and I was like, yo, what, what am I doing? What, <laughs> what am I doing, bro? What am I doing? That was that was a lot my but last experience. Bro. I will I say some things give you some super sales skills. Oh yeah. If you can if you can if, sell an MLM. If you can sell an MLM, you, you can, can definitely Yeah. All right. Well what about like Mm-hmm. So this is what I think happened to MLMs. Mm-hmm. I think they moved from multi-level marketing to people selling courses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I think. I would keep water with you. Explain. All right. Everybody sells a freaking course. Everybody sells a course. I hate it. I don't. I Listen, I said I wasn't going to say this on the podcast, but we here now, baby. Let's go. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. Despise it. Explain why. Because these people, mm-hmm. I only like it if you're really in the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's certain guys who are in the like Ray Diallo can tell us how to do so. Do something, right? What about Grant Cardone? Absolutely. So what's bad about his course? Nothing. I think 10X is fantastic. I think um, uh, Recession Proof is great. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are people who may take 10X, may take Recession Proof, mm-hmm. and try to remix the sauce. Oh, of course. And sell their own thing, yeah. but they're not in the game. They're right. just trying to sell a course. Right. right. So it's like, all right, that's cute. But you start flooding. And then, you know, look, I, we, we've taken Recession Proof. Mm-hmm. I've also re- read Grant Cardone's books, mm-hmm. but I also Grant Cardone never shipped me his book, and I paid for it. Well, you should—that should be something you talk about. I don't know if you talk Grant about Grant Cardone. Your company never shipped me my book. This is about three years ago, and I paid for it. And I've contacted and spoken to multiple reps after the fact, and they all said that they would try to ship me a book, and I never got my book. I'm gonna just put that out there. I'm—I I'm, want you to know I'm posting that. Go ahead. But you don't know, like black people. Post that too. Okay. He speaks down on us. But he take my money and I ain't never get my book. He takes a lot of people's money. And that's your guy. I don't like how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't like, I, don't like I don't like how you did that. I I take Grant for what he is. I'm I'm a Grant fan, man. I'm I, I'm not I'm not okay, I'm not a fan, I don't know, but but I take Grant I for what he is. Grant. I respect his hustle. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Grant really gets busy in the real estate yes, space, do. right? You get what I'm saying? Like yes, he's not just up not there. Playing. He's not just up there talking 
in hyperbole. He's right. really out here buying hundred million dollar buildings. We can drive around and, and see, see 10X. 10X communities. Yes, we can. You get what I'm saying? These other cats be like, oh, you can buy a house with zero percent down right. and ain't never took out a mortgage in their life. But you gotta you just gotta as a customer, you gotta do your own due diligence and, and figure but how, out how how do you do Okay, so this is how I do it. So you know you know I buy I'm I buy courses. I do too. Right. So I I'm always starting as a warm lead, right? If you buy ten courses, how many do you, if you've bought ten courses over the last five years? Because I would mm-hmm. say that's about been our mm-hmm. invest in self education. Yeah. Thing, right. If you bought 10 courses, how many of them was really worth the money? I'm going to say recession. I got to put recession proof over here because once you get in, like you bought the course, I bought. No, you bought the whole thing. Right. So that I'm a, I'm not going to talk about recession proof. Um, what I will say is not all of them work. Not, all, not all the ones that I, I, I bought work. I, I paid $6,000 for a trading course. I literally had this conversation the other day. I paid $6,000 for a trading course. And I got two things out of the whole course that that still stick with me today. Did did you make your $6,000 back from the information that you got out of the course? Alone? No. But if if I couple with couple with with other information and no, I'm how talking my about direct works. Like all right, perfect example. I took a business loan broker course, right? Yeah. Do I think the course was worth the money that I, but within within a week of being in that course, mm-hmm. was able to take everything from that course and throw it in the trash and go directly to the source of what the course was trying to middleman right. me to, right? right? But whatever money I spent on that course, mm-hmm. I've made back 10, 20, 30 times. So it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth it though. But you made 20, because 30 let, times let me explain money. what I'm saying. Maybe I get to that information on your own. On my own. Why does it matter if you pay 20, 30 times the money? It's the principle, Hakeem. What's the principle? You trying to take the long route or you want to get there? I'm just saying is I it, want my money's worth. Is is the goal to get to the destination or to look at the trees on the way there? It depends on what we're talking about here. But sometimes you gotta take in the trees. I'm just trying to get there, brother. Okay. I mean, sometimes you got to look and, and enjoy your scenery. I will. I, I stop. Smell the roses. Don't get you on. But pick I'm, them. You I, just. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just trying to get there. So for me, I bought a $6,000 course. To get two pieces of information. To get two pieces of information. Were they worth $6,000 in your mind? The way I was trading? You could say that that saved me $6,000. Okay. Okay. But. If I compare it to other courses that I have taken that I've withdrawn information from, is it worth $6,000? No. But I'm not going to say that that's, that two pieces of information wasn't helpful. Could I have learned that the hard way? Yeah. I've spent a lot of money on courses the last four years, four or five years. I could probably run down how many courses trading alone i'm about to take a course that costs two thousand dollars it's like a eight-week course on commercial real estate right i don't necessarily know when she was giving me this the syllabus mm-hmm. i was like i don't know if i need to pay this money for this information i'm more so paying like the bridger situation yeah i want to be in the well see if i took if i took bridger's course i would no i would pay I the full. no no, so, no i don't 
I would take Bridges course, and I know a lot I'm, of. This I'm stuff. taking it as a student, not for the networking. And that's no, I would other. take. I would take it for the networking. I mean, like, I'm RBX, RBX was a but, good investment. Yeah. So, so um, let's get there. So that's a another thing that we can talk about because, a, the course alone, a lot of if 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 whoever you're buying a course from offer you a course alone, it's probably not worth. I it. wouldn't do it. But if you don't have access to that person or, or that group team or that or a yeah, group of people with specialists in there you got to be able to ask questions because when you're a student you got questions obviously you're taking a course to learn so i prefer the courses that come with communities or facebook groups yeah i need a community and i need i need to know that you're actually doing this you're actually making money off of what, what you're you do what you're selling and not making no 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 you're actually making money off of what you do and not making the money off, the off of what you sell and make it look like you're doing what you're what you're but that's teaching. what i'm that's what i mean right like you hear people talk like one of my least favorite one of my least favorite things that people teach is credit card stacking i hate it <laughs> hate it <laughs> right so people t- People got courses on credit stacks. Like, oh my God. That is the- <laughs> Yo, listen, you want a course on credit stacking? Here it is. Get as many credit cards as you can. <laughs> Don't pay nobody $5,000 to do that, bro. You, you, get, you take your computer, you open up 20 tabs different tabs, and apply. you apply all at the same time. Why? Because then your credit score won't go down. They'll get hit all at the same time, but the company will look as if you-, you never. Apply for another credit card. That's what credit card stacking is. Don't take no course on that. I absolutely hate credit cards. But people will charge you $500. I should be getting $500 right now. I absolutely hate credit card stacking. Yeah. So what's the moral of the story? Just pay attention, man. Pay attention to what you're paying for. Pay attention to what you're doing. Rather, you're out there starting your own business Mm -hmm. and you're, you know, trying to figure it out. It ain't easy. Mm-hmm. If it was easy, and that's the other everybody thing. Everybody be doing it. But that's the other thing. Everybody's trying to do it. And then they learn that it ain't easy. And then they they stop and their course money going down the drain. The course money went down the drain. They done probably credit card stacked to start this business. Now they're in more in debt than when mm-hmm. they start. So and, and that's why a community is important because yes. when you get to that point, yes. that's not the the time to quit. That's no. actually the time to get around the people and learn who are doing like things, figure out how to push past, because right on the other side of that hump is where you're going to start seeing results. Well, I'm going to be real with you. Forget all that. Because I got a strategy. And if you take your time and do it correctly, mm-hmm. you won't need no course. It's public knowledge. You can do it in a single family home or in a hundred unit apartment building so you don't believe in people charging for knowledge or is that a different conversation because <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm here for the courses i i pay for them i will do them am i here for people charging for knowledge you know they say the game is to be sold not told right mm-hmm. but i'm of this I'm cool with giving you the information, mm-hmm. but it's probably because the information I'm giving you, you eventually have to come back to me to get. So you're not giving them the full sauce. I am giving them the full sauce. They don't have to come to me, but if I give you the sauce, if I tell you, 
yo, you can um, you need eggs, water, flour, mm-hmm. all this. This is how you bake a cake, right? Mm-hmm. Then I walk away, and they're looking at it like, but I still don't know how to bake a cake. Let me go holla at. But you gotta put it in the instructions. No, so in my ebook, in my ebook, if we gonna go with that example, I'm laying it out. You need to go to the grocery store. <laughs> It don't have to be my grocery store. Pick a grocery store that you like. They need to have this, 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 and this in it. Yeah. You need to buy this, 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 and this. Yeah. You need to drive home. You need I give all get... that. I give all that for free. Yeah. So that's that's what I think courses should be, and not just go to the grocery store, buy the ingredients, buy buy eggs, come home. This is a put put two eggs in a bucket. First of all. All eggs not the same size. So that's my first question. What kind of eggs? What kind of eggs? But that's what I mean. Like I give up the like like for example, you know, I I do the free 30 minute consultation, right? Right. Anyone who wants to, you know, you guys can DM me or text me if you have my number or email me. You know, I'll give you a free 30 minutes of my time, right? Mm -hmm. Just so that, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm a broker. So I provide the direct service that's needed for people to accomplish what they have come to talk to me about. Right. So, you know, I would hope that in those conversations, I'm able to provide that value that they go. It was it was worth it. I want to I want to work with him. I want him to help me through this process. Right. If they don't cool, because I know how to do my own thing. Right. right. I know how to make my own plays happen Mm -hmm. so i don't have to charge for the information right you get what i'm saying now my time after 30 minutes now now we're talking something completely different yeah but the information Mm -hmm. i learned it for free for the most part yeah i'm a mixed bag i learned i paid i took what i needed i moved on the money for me wasn't a, you know, it wasn't. Did I stress over it? Eh, nah, not really. Especially not RPX. So RPX, is um, awesome. you take what you take and you move on. Yeah, you, I, I don't never. The goal is to go in there and say, okay, after I take this course, I can start doing it, whatever it is. But in my specific scenario with trading, it's not like one strategy fits all. So I'm taking no. information. And I'm putting it, I'm I'm gathering information. And sometimes I gotta pay for high price pieces of information. Well, and yeah. sometimes it's worth it. So I bring it all back and then I organize it and I figure out what's what's best for me. Like, so that's what I do with courses. Like perfect example, right? The birth strategy, which mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk about real mm-hmm. quick, right? There are people who sell a birth strategy course. Right. I'm about to give the bird strategy mm-hmm. for free right now on the bread aisle. Bet before we do that, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. You walking with the bread on aisle. Saturday afternoon. I get to chill with my man. I get a break from the family, break from the kids. What better way to chill than with a quick glass of Remy Martin? Team up for excellence. Team up for excellence. Make sure y'all drink responsibly. Welcome back. Welcome back to the bread aisle. I'm JFLE. I'm Finance King. And listen, man, Keem, I got some, I was going to give him some sauce. You was going to. Yeah, I thought about not doing it, but then I was like, you know what? The people need this information. All right, right so let's so, do it. Look, 
there's a strategy in real estate that I believe is the most powerful way to build wealth. Okay. I actually, I actually don't think that there's a better strategy in real estate okay. than this way. It's called the birth strategy. And what does that stand for? It stands for buy, buy, renovate, renovate, rent, rent, refinance, refinance, repeat, repeat. So for short, we call it birth. Burr. But essentially, Gucci. <laughs> I knew you was good. I literally knew you was good. I'm so happy you did that. But literally, what the burst strategy is is essentially you're taking the fix and flip business model, so mm -hmm. buying a distressed property, fixing it up. Mm -hmm. But instead of selling it, you rent it, and then you go to the bank mm -hmm. and you refinance it. Okay. So this is how it will go. I'll give you a quick case study. Let's do it. We're going to use really simple numbers. Okay. I find a house for $50,000. Okay. This is for example purposes. This is not a typical scenario, but this is kind of how you want to do the math in a bird deal. So you find a house, $50,000. You say, okay, well, how much is this house worth in the end? Mm -hmm. Come to find out this house might be worth. $200,000. And, and you mean after it's all rehab Once it's all fixed up? Re done. Rehab fixed up, top of the market. Bet. And sometimes we call that ARV. Okay. So you find a house, figure out it's ARV. You say, all right, what is this ARV? After rehab value. After rehab value or after repair value. Okay. Right. So let's say the after repair value is $200,000. Mm -hmm. You take that $200,000 and when you work with a professional, they'll tell you they should know that a lender... Some call them hard money lenders. I call them private money lenders. A private money lender will give you 70% of that after repair value to purchase and fix up the property. Is that standard? Standard. Yeah. And, and almost 90% of the time, it's going to be 70% of the ARV. Okay. Right? So if it's 200,000, let's do some quick math for the people. 200,000 times 70%. 140. $140,000. Look at that. Your math is great. Come on, man. Your math is fantastic. You must trade stocks. That must be. <laughs> All right. So, one hundred and forty grand, right? Now, we know that the lender will give us a total of $140,000 to complete a real estate deal that is worth $200,000 when completed. Okay. okay. You don't want to be that close. That means your margins are super tight. Right. So, let's say you find a house for $50,000. That was the original price. Boom. Okay. House is $50,000. Okay. You come to find out that $50,000 house can now be worth $200,000 if you do the work. Yep. Let's say it costs you $70,000 to get that house to its total value of $200,000. So all in, I'm, I'm $120,000 right all now. All in, you're $120,000. Of that $120,000, you need 20%. I like to say 30% to be safe because you okay. want to cover the debt service, you have transaction costs, but the money that you put down directly on the loan will be 20%. So I need 24 bands. Just about 24 bands. Okay. All right. Now, you take that money, go to the lender, buy the property, you get a contractor, a competent one. We can talk about how to build a relationship with contractors yeah. in a different conversation, but you go get a contractor. Contract, or if you're the contractor yourself, the contractor does the work for you. Okay. Right? So you put $24,000 or 20% of the 120 grand. Mm -hmm. That is 24 grand. Yep. Right? Put that down on the loan. Now your principal balance is 80% of that. 
So you're at 90. What does that mean? My principal balance of the 24? No, your principal balance of the 120. Okay. Right? You put 24,000. Oh, so the, the, the remaining balance. The Got remaining you. balance, your principal gotcha, balance. Gotcha. Yep. Now, on that, you're going to pay anywhere between 9 to 12% interest. Okay. But you pay interest only. The term is for a year. So you have a year. To pay 9.4 grand. To pay 90, 94, 94 grand. 9400. My bad. 9400. 9400. Yeah. Well, 10% of the 94 grand. Yeah. yeah. Is, but it's broken down over 12 months. Right. So you have one year to pay that interest off. Right. You're paying interest only. So you're only paying interest while you have the loan. If you close the loan in six months, you only paid six months of interest. Is there a reason for that? Or it's the way it's easier for lenders. So when lenders give their money in these types of deals, they're not look, they can't sell that type of loan to the government. So they're trying to maximize their returns. Okay. But they also only have these loans out for a year. Okay. So in loan terms, it's relatively fast. Okay. They're not designed to be long-term loans. Gotcha. They are front-end, short-term financing. So you take that $94,000 that you have, you fix up the property. Now, you're finished. Mm -hmm. I, I skipped a step. Excuse me. Before you buy the property, you also need to figure out, if you're going to decide to make it a rental, what can I rent it for? Mm -hmm. Right? So you figure out what you can rent it for, and I'll break that down on the back end. Now, when you're done renovating it, you're going to go to the bank. You're going to say, bank, this house is now worth, or a mortgage lender or any other type of lender, this house is now worth 200 grand. Mm -hmm. The bank is going to go, oh, really? Great. We'll give you 75% of that in the new mortgage. This is the refinance. This is the refinance. Okay. Now, most of the time, they're going to want to see they're going to want to do something called a debt service coverage ratio. I talked about that a couple episodes ago. That stands. That basically means that if the mortgage is a thousand dollars, your lease has to at least be twelve fifty, mm -hmm. right? You need to be making twenty five to thirty percent profit every month on your monthly mortgage payment. Right. Those are safe metrics. So when you look at your value and your refi, they're going to look at your debt service coverage ratio to figure out how much money of the new $200,000 value will your debt service cover, depending on the lender. Some lenders don't have a no DSCR. Right. They normally have higher interest rates. Okay. Some lenders have a 1.3. Some have a 1.4. Some have a 1.2. Right. It really just depends on the lender. But the important thing is to understand that if you're going to pull out cash out of a deal, so remember I told you on 200, you can get a maximum of 140, but at 75%, you could probably get about 150. Mm -hmm. You're only into the deal for 94. Right. So if you just pull out the cash that you put up, you have a mortgage for $120,000 and your debt service is going to be fairly low on a brand new property, you're able to lease it out and collect more cash from. Right now, or you could say, I'm going to pull out more money because I can rent it for a lot more. So let's just say you pull out one hundred and fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. You got your twenty four grand back mm -hmm. plus an extra twenty four grand. You keep the property and now you have a tenant in there. Let's say your mortgage is twelve hundred dollars and you have a lease for sixteen hundred dollars. You now are keeping the property mm -hmm. you have no none of your actual cash in the mm -hmm. property yep. and you still have 25 to 30 percent equity in the property and you're collecting cash flow every month 
But the key to this is, is the last R. The last R stands for repeat. Mm-hmm. You take that new $50,000 you have. And you have to. And you don't have to. Well, you don't have but to, but you should. The point is. Is to take it. If you could know that you can do one $200,000 property for twenty four grand, you now have $50,000. You can go do two more. So do you take out your your 24, your original 24, so now you're only left with the 25 or whatever, 25-ish? Mm-hmm. Do you use the 25-ish or you put your 25 back up again, your 24 back you up again? You could do both. Okay. You could take the 24 that you, 25 that you put in originally mm-hmm. plus the new 25 and go by two separate situations. So now you go from one to three. Mm-hmm. And then from three to five. Or three to six. Because if I know, and this is, I'm just using examples, but if I know that I can double my liquidity on each house, right? then if I one turns to two, two turns to four, four turns to eight, eight turns to 16, by just using the birth strategy. So how long, you said it takes a year for the loan. It doesn't have to take a year. You can typically, what's the... It depends on the scope of the rehab, but you could probably, I mean, between four to six months, you should be trying to be hurt from purchase to refinance. Four to six months. Four All six. right. So what's the, I know it's going to be kind of hard, but what's the best scenario distressed house you want to find? Is it just, you know, new paint, new carpet, or do you want bare it, bones? Again, it really depends. The more work you have to do, the more equity opportunities. Right. The closer the house is to moving ready, the more you're going to pay for it. Right. Because it's closest to the top of the market. So, so me, I target the worst properties. I bet. So let's go with worst properties. Like if I could buy a house for 10 grand and maybe it cost me eighty, ninety thousand dollars But it's no roof. But it, there's it, no roof. Halfway burned you've seen, you've seen some of the houses yeah. I bought. Like they're they're terrible. Yeah. But if I can take them and get them to another level yeah. because I know the area and I know, or I know that I can get it rented for X amount of dollars. All right. So let's, let's not talk in dollars. Let's talk in percentages because no matter what the dollar amount is, if we stick with the percentage, yeah. everybody can understand. At what percentage are you looking to buy the distressed house? Oh, I want them like 20 to 30% to market. Okay. So, so like if a house is, Worth a hundred grand, I want to pay like twenty, fifteen thousand for hundred grand ARV. Yeah, hundred grand ARV. Mm-hmm. I want to be at like twenty thousand, fifteen thousand. And at what percent do you get back? Um, I'm not sure how to phrase this question. What is my return? What am I looking for? Return? Yeah, yeah. Not not the cash flow. I'm just talking with with the at, bank. Would get at back. best, I want to get be able to get the money I put in out. I don't necessarily have to get new capital because mm-hmm. that doesn't always fit the situation. Right. But when I'm analyzing the deal, I have to look at the deal and say, I'm going to at least be able to get the money I put in out. out. Okay. Which is why you don't go, oh, I know the bank will give me 70%. Let me buy a property at 70% or 60% or All 50%. Right. So my, but you want to have enough space. Yeah. So my next question. I'm asking all the questions I can think of for the viewers watching yeah, that may be interested. So my next question, what buffer percentage do you like to have? In your if, a deal, if I can't make 30% return on my investment, I'm not buying. No. Okay, good. That's, that's good. But uh, my question is, 
uh, I don't know the language. I don't really know how to talk. You said you don't want to go all the way up to the max when getting the money out of the oh, bank. Oh, so 70%, when you start looking at deals that are like right at 70, your margins are really tight. If something goes wrong, right. you're... So you're, what what buffer, what space do you give? What, oh, I, do, I go another 20. I'm telling you, I'm like super conservative. So I'm like, I'm looking at properties that are like 50. 50%. Yeah, 50%. And... Which require a little bit more work to find. Right. Or a little bit, I have to be willing to do more construction. More work, yeah. Facilitate more construction in the thing, but I prefer that larger value add potential because maximum growth. Mm -hmm. And you control that growth a little bit. So I put 20 to 50%, I put 20 to 30% into the ARV. That's at minimum. You can't even do a deal if it doesn't have 30 it structurally won't it work. It won't structurally won't work. Right. So unless it's turnkey. And then turnkey, you're you're paying top of the market anyway. You're paying that two hundred. You're not paying. The, so why? I mean, I guess that's just for the cash flow. You just buy. Yeah, you're just buying cash flow. With oh. turnkey. Okay. Which is not a bad investment either, but then you have to talk about management, and that's not burr. That's not burr. So right. You're just buying cash flow, which I don't have a problem with either. So when you 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 get the burr strategy, you got one. One turns into two. To having two burrs give me the opportunity to, to have a third one. So it's essentially now it's on autopilot. Yeah, you're recycling the same money. Right. At what point am I selling? Am I keeping? Is that the strategy that I think Yo, about? Or big, you know, big business. No. From Philly. No. Greg, Greg Parker. He says that you um. You can't carry that much debt for that long. Eventually, you have to liquidate and reposition, mm -hmm. which is correct. But that is always based on market conditions of your plan. So remember, we talked about last week or two episodes ago, where I was like, real estate is like a 10-year window. Yeah. So there are loan products out there, and this is more for the more advanced investors, but there are, more, there are loan products out there that allow you to structure it for the five-year sprint maximize your cash flow for five years and then sell it right right when you start talking portfolio talk right so in five years let's say you went from one to 20 mm -hmm. which is very doable using the burst strategy at the 20 they're not looking at the individual houses anymore they're looking at your whole they're looking at the whole portfolio and it's performance and they judging the amount of debt off the whole the portfolio of debt on the whole portfolio so okay. it's, it's it's analyzed at a different metric when you start doing the one two like those are like yeah. oh, all right how much is it worth how much is the house worth all right so you know we always um think enterprise it's funny i say that word right we think enterprise <laughs> so so in five years i got 20 what's my next move is my next move to sell a portfolio and maybe just buy an apartment complex or am i, would I hope so am that's, i still burying or? that's the natural progression but you can buy apartments so in order to get that uh, down payment, it's still the kind of this. It's, am I, I taking I, the cash flow? Am I selling you know, the piece? It, yo, listen, I'm doing whatever I got to do to just. It's to, the same math. Okay. You get what I'm saying? If yeah. it's, we can do the same thing with apartment building. Seven hundred thousand is a million. Right. Right. It's still. You so, still need thirty percent. So I, I come to the you table with for the million. Right. So or, my if my personal if I got twenty properties. My, you know, let's they, say you got twenty properties, all of them are seventy percent 
on the value, right? Right. You have th- you have thirty percent equity in all of them, which you shouldn't because they're thirty year mortgages. So your tenant should be paying that debt down. Right. So in five years, you should be. So you essentially you want to pull all your money, pull as much as you can. Yeah. Ah, this it's is not, this, your, this is see, and this is this is what this is. This is what hap- don't. This is what doesn't happen in courses. All right, watch this. The question that I want to get to is the question that I've never heard somebody speak about, and I've heard a lot of people speak about the bird before. But so you say the tenant pays a mortgage. Everyone assumes that. So in my mind, from somebody who's not in real estate, I think you pull out all the seventy percent because the tenant pays. But that's is not what you do. No, you pull out what the bank allows you on one hundred and thirty percent. Yeah, that's the so gem. That's the that's the part you don't pull out all the equity. That's the I'm a toast to that man. Because now you're over leveraged. Because shout out to Remy, <laughs> team up for excellence. But I will say that's the key piece of information that yeah they don't give you that. Maybe people don't give you that in the course. Like I'll tell you a story. And you got it here. I got a client. He does bird right. He has. I talked to you about him. Okay, I'm not gonna say his name, but. He does burr, right? He does burr on the same street. Okay. He buys as many of the houses on the same street that yeah. he can, right? But that's super smart. Super, so he owns super like, smart. He owns like four houses on the same block, right? I've, I've done all of the... Can you explain to the people why that is super duper well, smart? Well, you create your own market. You're so living in 2030. Yeah. I mean, 3,020. Yeah, like you're like, you're you're creating your own sub-market. Where your properties dictate your one, your first property dictates the value of the second property. That dictates the value of the third property. It dictates the value of the fourth property. Yes. So by the time you get to the fourth property, the whole block, the whole block is more value will increase, which raises the uh, overall property the value. The overall just, property value of that. Your own cost, right? So to piggyback off of that, not only are you getting the the um, cash ARV flow. cash flow? You're, you're actually improving the uh, yeah. You're you're internally building appreciation on your own. On your own with it's, your own work. It's so crazy. It's like it's it's. At it's white, I remember telling him. I remember the first day he came to talk to me. He, at first, he was doing all his deals cash. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I sell money, so I'm always down for debt. But I'm the smart debt, right? I, you have to know what kind of debt you're using. So anyway, so he's using his cash. Mm-hmm. He does his first one. He flips it. But real estate is a static product, not like the stock market, where you can... If, if you got a portfolio of stocks, right, and you need some money tomorrow, mm-hmm. you can sell that. Mm-hmm. And rather it's at a loss or a gain, you can get that actual yeah, liquid. Yeah, it's liquid. Yeah. It don't, work, it don't work like that. In real estate, yeah. <laughs> right? Like so, once you park your money somewhere, when it comes to real estate, it's there until you sell it or you put debt on it. Mm-hmm. So he was buying and renovating these joints out of pocket cash. Right? He might spend a hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars on the house, and now he's out of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. He's either going to recoup it through cash buy. flow, mm-hmm. or he has to sell the property, or he runs into someone like me who says, well, why don't you just use OPM, mortgage, right? Open the market up. Give yourself more possibilities and keep your liquidity so you can do more deals. So I can do that. And again, this is what the people don't talk about if you want to take a course. And it's kind of like I'm going to be the student teacher here. 
So the reason why you use OPM is not because it's that, you know, that phrase is cool or other people's money, da da da. The real reason why you use OPM is because it takes away when when he's using cash, he automatically automatically incurs an opportunity cost. So when you use OPM, you take away the opportunity yeah. cost. So now I have other people's well, money. You transfer it. You, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. transfer it to those. Who yeah. Have. But your job now is to be productive that. Yeah, and be with productive. that. So what he ended up doing was, I never think it's actually just the beginning of COVID. He refinanced it, it appraised it like a number that was so astronomical. Just, I couldn't believe it. Right. I was right. Like, and it was, this was his first refi. This was his first refi. And I'm like, don't take out a hundred. Yeah, don't take yeah, out yeah. all that money. Right. He like take out like fifty percent of what they just appraised it for. Like he was only in it for a hundred. They appraised it at two thirty. So fifty percent is one hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm like, yo, you don't need the seventy percent of the two thirty. I think it ended up being like it was like one eighty or one ninety. I was mm -hmm. like, you don't need all that, and it's gonna be over leveraged if property value dips. Right. So just take out take out the cash you put up. You, you're going to keep the property and your mortgage is going to be low. So your cash flow is going to be high. Mm -hmm. So then he took that 115 that he got back mm -hmm. and bought two more houses next door. Mm -hmm. And then when he realized, and I explained it to him, like, yo, now you have this 115, you don't have to put it all on one property. You, you, can, you can spread it out. So he takes that 115. This is like, this when I was licensed. He bought a $2 million life insurance policy. He bought and he put he put the cash he on it. The, he put the cash in. So he get immediate cash value now. He bought a two million dollar life insurance policy. I want to walk away, bro. Bro, listen, bro. You know, at this time I was like really learning this game, so I was like trying everything. Like, so I'm like, yo, he buys a million two million dollar life insurance policy. He put like fifty to sixty thousand in a mutual, mm -hmm. and then flip two houses. From the life insurance? No, from oh, no. He just he okay, bought term. Okay, okay, he, oh, okay, okay. He bought okay. term, but I guess because of what I was yeah. where I was at, that's what we were yeah. selling. But still, it was thirty year policy. He's got a portfolio with thirty year mortgages on them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk about that. So also, again, mm -hmm. we're not going to get that up here. But at the end, bro, he had he was fully covered. His portfolio was covered. He had passive retirement investment, like like IRA, whatever. That's ill. And then he got he, cash flow. And then he got two more properties that I'm literally getting ready to right. refinance next month. Right. So he's gonna he's gonna he's turned that hundred and fifteen into like four or five hundred thousand dollars in investment capital. And that's how that's how you, you play the game. Money. That's how you do the best. Right? That's how you play that's, the game. That's the game. Like for example, let's say you use your credit card, you're a new investor, right? No, I can tell you right now, new investors don't know how to refinance. Right. Like someone like me who's in, in the, been in the market for 10, 12 years. Right. Not because they're dumb. They just don't have they, the You just don't understand experience. certain nuances. It's experience, yeah. Right? Let's say, or you're excited. And you might see, you're running comps. And you might see one comp that says, oh, this house is worth $250,000. Mm -hmm. And you go, I can get $250,000 for this house. And you make your investments based on that two hundred fifty thousand, but you don't know the deep research, deeper research you need to do, or you didn't hire a professional, and you used your credit card to get that. That foundation ain't right. Them plumbing pipes got leaks. No, not even that, bro. <laughs> not even that. 
you didn't look, you didn't know that you have to look deeper into those numbers. And that 250 was an aberration. And really, this is a market of a bunch of 180. Mm. <laughs> and now you've used your credit card. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And you can't get that cash back. This is the only, this is the only way that I would ever say credit card stack. Start a company. If you have a company, this company isn't your primary company. You start a company, maybe it is an e-com company, or maybe you have a shelf company, you feed the invoices from your personal, from your, from your primary company. You get the business credit up because that won't affect your personal credit. But Hakeem, even business credit, the revolvings, they still report. If yeah, you default, they, so. they, they report to the business. No, if if the, like the the revolving credit cards, yeah. the unsecureds, if you default, that's a that's if you PG though. Don't PG. You can't PG on it. You got you really got to know what you're doing. And this is why I just say, look how many look how many loopholes and look look at what we talk about. That's, it's it's not it's not working. And you'll get more money if you PG. I don't, but yeah, but it's not a scenario that I'm. It's not a risk that I'm willing to take. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it either. So only time I would use credit cards is to pay business expenses in a business that's making money every single month. Or in your case, when you were a chef, if you had an event, yeah, and they paid for the event, you pay for the supplies and the labor and everything <coughs> on your Amex. Only way I use it, you, you're supposed to use a business card. I mean, a credit card as a business is pretty much like a net thirty. That's it. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not big on. Um, That's it. Using credit cards to fund investments, unless you're. Nah. Unless your credit card is like that. Like I could use a credit card to do a deal, but I'm no. I'm 12 years in the game. Like no. I could do a, a burn in my sleep, but even then, I probably still. I probably look for other capital sources before I would use my credit card. No, I don't know a scenario where I would. Maybe if I had a black card, maybe. Maybe there, there's just very there's a couple of scenarios, I but, would, but very few. That's that. That's the bird, y'all. That's the bird. Strategy. Make sure y'all go back, listen to this, take some notes because that was that was pretty much bird, bird, bread talk. Yes, that's what that was. <laughs> that was that bread talk. I tried to get as much questions as y'all uh for y'all as I could. If you have any more questions. Go ahead, comment below or or send us an email and I can try to get them to talk about it again. But no, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a, a bird special class. Okay. So, let's make it live. Yeah, I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a bird class. Alright, let's make it live. We're gonna invite some people, you know, and then they can ask all the questions they want. Um no, that's my favorite segment. Go ahead, lover boy Lee. <laughs> lover boy, are you pouring yeah, up? You ain't I'm, even drink. No, no, no. Lover Boy Lee, we moving into relationships and finance. This right here is Lover Boy Lee, you, you know, know and uh, I'm still finance king, so you know, my money hat is always on. So let's talk about building wealth together, but you're not married. How do you feel about oh, it? Lee? Oh, 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 man, listen. Now we talk about that Ponzi scheme thing, slippery slope. Mm -hmm. That building wealth together thing is a is a slippery slope in this sense of what happens should it not work out. Work out. 
I'll give you a real live example. So in 2020, our man was going through his thing. And he had a really, really, really stand-up moment where, you know, they they basically separated, but he was like, it's my job to pretty much hold it down, find, you know, we're going to get her a crib, this and that. And me, I'm talking to him. I'm like, yo, sorry. I'm I'm just going to put out this. If you ever see this, this was a real conversation. I'm being transparent. I didn't understand. I'll, I'll, I'll finish with the understatement, with the understanding, but I'm there like, uh, Absolutely why are you, not. why are you doing this? Like not, right? the terms in which, you know, we got here, what are we doing this for? And he says, I have to make sure my daughter's straight. Right. Yes. And at the time I didn't have a daughter. So I heard him, I felt it, but I still didn't understand. So when I bought the house, we had the conversation. We had the conversation. And she was pregnant. And you said, by no circumstance do you do that. I still And you still stand on it. I still kind of stand on that. And at the end of the day, I gotta make sure my daughter's straight. But at least it's gonna sound crazy. But when you're talking wealth building, right? That is mm-hmm. an accumulation of assets. Mm-hmm. That's real life. That ain't no mm-hmm. like feelings are cool. Mm-hmm. But when it's when it when it hits Let, the fan. Yes. Let's okay, so I I'll go through I'll go through my <laughs> thought process on maybe I wasn't clear enough with everybody. Um we're talking about Giving the house up, if anything, basically giving the house up, if anything yeah, was ever happened. Even right? if you gave the house up, right? You yeah. ain't giving the house up. You just leave it. Yeah. Okay. So, but oh, right. Yeah, because my name is still on the deed. I'm talking. But I would still have to split half. No. Everything. You would just cover the mortgage because you're a stand-up man, and that's what your family, rather, you're the yeah. Your kids need a home to live in. Right. right? I, I don't have kids, right? So if I'm dating a girl, even if I'm dating her serious, and we mm-hmm. acquire a bunch of assets together and then break up, mm-hmm. we never get married. Mm-hmm. Who do, whose name's on the deed? That's what matters. The stru- it's about so whose name is on the deed? Who in that situation? Who name is who puts it? Up the money? Is it? Is it? I was just about to say, is it who puts up the money? Who puts up the money? So. Like, I remember I talked about how there was a time I was looking for a partner to participate in wealth building with me, right? Right. And my version of wealth building was using entrepreneurship and real estate at that. Right. The person that I wanted to do that, their version of wealth building was I've already reached my space of earning my income. I can max. I can max out on my income. I don't need to do entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Let's say in that scenario, they used FHA mm-hmm. to buy their house, and then we go. All right, now we're going to move into a bigger house, and I'm going to use my FHA. But we're never married. 
Right. If we use my FHA, it's my house. Yeah, but are you going to be on them? It depends. That really, <laughs> really depends. I mean, that was the deal y'all spoke if about. You kids, use... If we have kids, yes, you have to be honorable because your kids need it. But if we're just... You're not going to be honorable? I'm going to be honorable to the deal, but I'll probably honestly... To be keep it 100 with you, yeah. I won't do it. I don't All right, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Could you put her name on what? No, if could it, I know a trust can go on a deed. Uh, there was a time that my ex was one of the benefactors on the life insurance. I would agree, yeah. But at that my, time, well, I don't have ex, well, I but, do have exes, but I'm talking my but, current, yeah. At the time, we lived together. I had every intentions on marrying that person. I, yeah. I was making moves to do that. Right. But that's my ex now. She ain't my benefactor on my life insurance anymore. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, that. those are, like, it, I don't believe in doing that. So you would never put no one else's name on a deed? I can respect it. So I'm not putting your name on a deed. We're not doing no joint accounts. We're not. Unless you're married. Unless you're married. Or there's mutual efforts to reaching the marriage goal. So so let's go back to the situation where you say y'all both tag team the, the wealth building strategy where one uses FHA, another one uses FHA. If y'all are tag teaming. Yeah, that's mutual effort. Right. To reach a goal. So let me ask you this. So you use the FHA for the first crib. That's the starter crib. Boom. Now she no, she used her FHA for the first crib. Start money crib. Up. You don't put no money up. But do I pay the mortgage? Sure. All right. Because you pay the mortgage, house. but I don't put any money up to get no. Okay. And she puts your name on the deed. <laughs> Go ahead. So when it's your time, she's like, okay, we got to start a crib. You know. Let's get the bigger crib. You're going to use it FHA. Okay. You're still going to pay the mortgage because you're the man in the house. Yes. But it's now her time to be part of the deed. Well, that's honor. Are you honorable? I have to be. My name is on the deed of her house. Right. So that's the only way. It's got to be mutual, man. I respect it. It's got to be mutual. I respect it. Because when it's not mutual. I respect it. Somebody takes a L. To be honest, in most cases, it's the man. Yeah, to be honest, this is, um, this is, if you're not careful in this breakup, it still is very well, could be very similar to a divorce without a prenup. Yeah. You believe in prenups? I do. Do I think I'm a good one? Well, no, you asked. I'm sorry. Nah, I'm not. I, I, I probably won't. I probably won't get a prenup. But a lot of people misconstrue. Nah, I, I, I don't think. I, I don't think. But her character is something that I judge. You know, I haven't seen her do anything to make me question her character. Yeah, I feel you. How she would treat me, based you know, I'll on a situation this. like that. In my life, yeah, they got about a year, year and a half. Left. Of what? If I meet a girl that I can marry in the next year, year and a half, two years, yeah, I'm cool. We probably won't get out of it. But after that, after that, prenup the game. Yeah, you got prenup. 
See, a lot of people don't realize though, prenups they protect everyone. They, they protect everyone in all facets. A lot of people think it's just about what happens if you guys break up. But that's not all the prenup you know, it's does. Custody, it's it's what you bring. Yeah, I, as I, well. I believe in the leave it what you can. Unless you help me. Even though y'all help build if you something. If you help me build it, then what if you helped her build it? Well, you know me. What if you building? What if you go on your real estate mogul and she is an e-commerce god? Look at look at you speaking uh, real life into my life right now. <laughs> look at, look I'm at talking. You, what if you. what if she John Nice e-commerce? Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one on the on the e-commerce or the John Nice or both? Lord and Lord yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo, we clipping that up and I'm tagging it. <laughs> like, Cause like, yo, she's ill on the e-commerce thing, and then she's fired, right? Right. But I'm mad. Like, she's married, right? I I don't know. I don't I, I don't know. Married, her, like, she, she got a, There's a guy there though. I know that. I'm not that. sure. But just imagine if that guy is just like some business dude right and this right. girl is wilding on the internet not in a bad way like just body in the internet in the capacity that they're bringing in more than we more than yeah they could even fathom from her revenue streams via the internet they're building something together right if any of his money was put to the support i like what you're doing here i, I like what I'm, you're doing I have a friend. I like what you're doing. I have a friend who's like. I'm a, not gonna let you go down this road. I have a friend who's like a sister to me, right? I'm not gonna again. I don't like to say a lot of people's names. I don't put their business out there. She's she runs an e-commerce brand. Okay. It is a fantastic brand. It's doing numbers. Okay. Her husband is. I don't even know what he does. I just know he's. You know he put well, money he, up. He, but he put the bread up. Did she pay him back? Does she have to? It, was that part of the deal? No, or? I'm just saying, like, they're married, though. She don't have to. She don't have to. But what if she did? Now he got his bread, bro. I could walk. I paid you back. Yeah, but that goes back to teamwork. I see. I like what you're doing here. See, now it's teamwork on her side. No, it's teamwork but on your side. It's teamwork you're not putting her on the deed. <laughs> Her deed, she can go on my deed. It's for <sighs> me. It's about like reciprocation, right? You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that's all it is. Like I'm not gonna move into a woman's house and just pay the mortgage because she's the like a mortgage payment is something different. That is not because that's a the, that's a monthly deposit. The the exactly. The pushback would be, well, you would pay rent. Yeah, but I'd have renter's rights. You would. You wouldn't be able to just be like, you got to get out. Or whatever capacity, you get what I'm saying? I would have I would have rights to my space. I thought about going down the lane no, do to give, to give uh, fellas some knowledge, but I'll leave that alone. I just, I'll leave that alone. I think that when you... Fellas, know your rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you're paying rent, know your rights. If you're paying any of her bills. Look up the squatter. 
Yeah. Look up squatter you law. Have, you have, I don't think you should capitalize on it if you don't want to be perceived as a sucker. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, but that's what I mean. Bro, you imagine paying a joint's mortgage? Y'all break up? She's like, you got to go? Why you ain't got your own crib, man? But it's not even a point. What if you're invested in that? That relationship? That relationship. So you move in with her. You move in with her. You help her pay her bills. You help her build. You help her get her debt free. You help do all these things. This man going down personally. And no. <laughs> you said so. Cue the weekend. I left my girl back home. Yo, chill. Bro. I don't love her I'm no more. <laughs> But just, I'm just saying, like, imagine you do all of that, and then it ends, mm-hmm. amicably or whatever. What are you left with? Memories? Memories ain't going to get you no yeah. ROI? Yeah. Where's your opportunity cost? Don't, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, right. that, that's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not talking, like, the feelings, the emotions, I'm not talking about none of that. All right, so, so I'll ask you this then. Because this, this conversation, this question comes up when it comes to a prenup. Are you going in? I know you're not going in with it with intentions to, you know, no, come I, to a breakup. But never wanted to. Right. But some would say if you are, you know, have a plan B for the breakup or whatever, you're not wholeheartedly in it or, or you know what I'm saying? You know, when so, you marry someone, you make a covenant in front of whatever God. your higher power is. Right. Or life. Right. 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 Life is a very long time. Yes, it is. And life is fickle. Therefore, like I like not to get deep into another thing, but I don't believe in divorce, right? Mm-hmm. I also understand that divorce is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And so, so it, we're going it, down a path. No, but, I'm just saying. But like, if your belief, you don't believe in it. So the question will be, will it ever become an option? Because you don't believe. Is that a question that you can answer right now? I don't know if that's a question I can okay. answer right now. Okay. That's, right. that's the I honest truth. I don't know truth. if that's, that's something. I would hope that it never comes, it up, never right? comes to that. But you know, I think you that's... You asked me a year ago yeah. what life would be like now. I'd have a very different answer for you. Do you think that that's something that people think about I think some people think maybe about like it. not not constantly, but every once in a while, you know, like a what if or yeah, I think I think that that I think it comes like I think it's human naturally. Like yeah. I think you should think build so your too. own individual wealth. Yes, sir. And maybe y'all discuss strategies like, hey, look, I've been doing this. Maybe you want to implement this in your life or yeah, your stuff. Yeah, and maybe y'all do it parallel simultaneously but not together that's a cool perspective so i'm not opposed to doing it together if I mean, it's if it's established that look like for example i don't want to know shots but no brandon marshall right we we established <laughs> when we started this that yo whatever comes you know what i'm saying the fat boy is not gonna break up no matter what no right? matter what right but are you telling me they come with a hundred milli? Like you got X Lee, you gonna look at me like, hey man, I gotta feed my kids. <laughs> like 
Nah, see, what I would do is I would say, yo, Lee, they came to me and said, I got to ask Lee. What do you think I should do? If you tell me they tell you $100 million. You're going to say, ask me. Get rid of me. Exactly. Like 20. That's, but we got, that's not, that's not the fat boys breaking up. No, that's, me? The, that's that we the locks. Right. So <laughs> that's how I would handle that situation. But. Are we leaving that conversation without me taking the hundred mil? No, we're not. I'm definitely telling you, like, yo, listen, the hundred mil is getting got. No, no, we can we can start another podcast, we brother. Can do whatever. <laughs> we talked about this last week. The goal of all of this is to build wealth. Exactly. So, and I think that's important too to know what the goal is because people get caught up in you know what's mine, what's yours, but none of that has anything to do with the goal. You know what I'm saying you can own a hundred percent of nothing, or you can own a fifty percent of a hundred mil. Which one you choose? So yeah, yeah, that's true. But you got you know the discernment with your partner, man. That's that's important. I think that's that's how you usually carry. Every situation is different. You got to have those conversations in the beginning, and you just just something out. Just have discernment. Huh. Let's move on to our next topic, bro. Were you shocked that it was this close? Nah, I was a little shocked. Um. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I was. A, I I didn't think it would be in our lifetime. I definitely didn't think it was gonna be in our lifetime. So if you don't know, by the year 2034, Social Security is done, gone. What are the changes you think that they make? Something else. A hundred percent. But I think it's gonna come with a, a caveat that people aren't ready for. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be almost like a welfare type thing, not, not like what Social Security used to be. Personally, I think Social Security was a scam from the jump. Well, you know, <laughs> but it it was designed to give you some type of retirement. But if you were relying on Social Security for retirement, that says a little or a lot about how you were living your life to begin with so i don't think i think the best way to handle this situation is to be proactive about your own retirement and it's funny that i'm a financial advisor i'm not i'm not shamelessly plugging here but i i, I do think that you should be using some of the tools if not all at least some of the tools that are available to you if you have a nine to five i'm sure you have a 401k i can't tell you how much to put in because that talks about strategy you can i can't i can but max that match out if they match you max it <laughs> max it it is free money on the table <laughs> if your company matches you max it out I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Actually, max out all your retirement accounts. Just be real. Yeah. It's, especially with Social Security. Keep speaking for me. <laughs> going bankrupt <laughs> in 15 years. Yo, just take, just take. Just, 11 years. Excuse me. Just uh, take a moment and think about that. Social Security is pretty much going bankrupt, right? In 11 years, we will be 45 years old. So how is this happening? Is it because of the babies, baby boomers retiring, which is the largest generation, they eating away at it? Is it because less people are making less? 
Is it because, like, what's the reason why Social Security is going bankrupt? And if you dig deep into that, I haven't, but if you dig deep into that, I think that'll tell you about the direction of this country. No, I think. I want to hear it. I think we was doomed from the jump. Oh, we was. I think that by design, Social Security wasn't going to be able to sustain itself. At, a, at all. At I all. I think that all of this is the fall of the old regime of finance in America. From the industrial, From the industrial revolution. To tech. Yeah. Right. So the like I just think all I think everything is getting ready to be restructured and repositioned from the technology we use mm-hmm. to human interaction to the financial sector and what fintech is bringing mm-hmm. and what AI is bringing. I just think that all of this is just the fall of analog, we've gone, we're going completely yeah. digital to artificial. Yeah, I agree. And in a way, I, I, I 100% agree with you, but in a way, I think it also takes us back to the Industrial Revolution as well. well it's a new version. But it's a new, it's a new revolution, but it's the same principles. So remember, like, principles. Home, we talked about, like, coal mine, coal mine cities. Right, we're right. We're going to have data centers. We're yes. Have- and, 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 and look, so... Let's do some let's do some comparisons. So coal mine cities, you know, you got workers that obviously the city is built off of coal miners, blah blah blah. Data cities, the city is built off of people who, you know, work for these data companies or these tech companies, right? But that brings back a need for the people who do trades. Yeah, facts. And but here's the thing. They're putting the trades in the hands of robots. I don't agree. I think they're putting the. You're gonna have a robot in here for the next I don't agree. You might not let it happen. I don't agree. I, I think. Not in our lifetime. What I will say. What I will say okay. is. I, people, I'm glad. I'm, people, I'm glad we're having this conversation. People, I think. People. I think that we're having. I think the, where those humans want to go those upper echelon humans, Elon Musk, whoever's building these AIs, Bill Gates and such, where they want to go is to take care of the mundane uh, task. But that is the what makes us human is doing the mundane task. Like think about think about this, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna have instead of having car mechanics, you're gonna have factories. Like Android a- mechanics. Like, there are going to be people whose job it is to work on the Android that does the training. Yes. Like an iRobot. Yeah. Now, that I could see because it's a machine to machine. And as, take Tesla, for example, as the cars get smarter, it'll be able to communicate with the. You're talking about these machines talking to each other. I mean, it's the only way. It's the only way any. It's over. Bro, it's happening now. It's over. It's over when, when Dolly and Siri start talking to each other. So speaking of, did you or Siri and Alexa start talking to each other? Did it's you over. know? Did you know that Microsoft is creating um, 
they're not creating, they're enhancing their Microsoft 365 platform. Yes. With I was actually very, very impressed. Very impressed. So for those of you who don't know, Microsoft Suites is taking um, AI. AI to a whole new level. Yeah. So if you don't know, Microsoft Suites consists of PowerPoint, Word, Excel, Office, uh, Office uh, Notes, Teams, Teams oh. yada, yada, right? What it's going to do is take ChatGPT, DAO-E, and the other AI companies that they have in their uh, conglomerate and actually do the work for you. So if you have, if someone sends you an email, Outlook will automatically have a response generated yeah, yeah. that you can approve. And if it has any task in there, it'll take the task out and maybe put it in OneNote. Or if it has any data in there, it'll take the data out and organize it for you in Excel. And if you have to do a presentation off of that data, it'll create in the span of a few maybe hours, it'll create a presentation for you that you could then use to do the presentation right now all of this i just i just named about three or four maybe three to five jobs and in a span of over maybe a week and and maybe a few hours ai took away all those jobs completed all those tasks and condensed the time down which is why microsoft lays off 25 percent of their work yeah but I, I think that's it's, it's it sounds uh vulgar to say, but I think that's progressive. Yes, it's progressive for a new revolution. Yes. In order for another way inflation goes down, bring it full as if, circle. As if people get laid if off. People get laid off and they don't got no money. So in other words, you either get right or get left. <laughs> because we talk about it. Once a week, AI is coming. And you know what? I think I'm going to make an AI segment. So every week I'll give you what's new in AI. Um, but this is the newest piece that I've seen. And I think it's going to be very, as an entrepreneur, like I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. Because this is way less work, way less things that I have to pay someone, way less time that I have to spend doing this. I can have it on autopilot. Man, that's, that's almost like it's a robot virtual assistant. Bruh. It's amazing. Bruh. And I, I, I'll leave it at that. Disclaimer. The information provided on this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be considered as professional financial advice. Investing involves risk and you should always do your own research and seek the advice of a licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. The speakers do not guarantee the accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or reliability of any information discussed on this podcast. You agree that the speakers will not be liable for any investment decisions made based off the information provided.